This is Nursing Australia Week, a week of entertainment, education and energy for all Australian nurses. Proudly presented by APNA, the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurses Association, Health Workforce Queensland, New South Wales RDN and Northern Territory PHN. Good evening, I'm Suzanne Blackaby. Hope you've had a great Monday. Welcome to the Monday evening episode for Nursing Australia Week. We started today with a bit of a giggle from Georgie Carroll and then at lunch we heard from the Burnett Institute on all things modelling. It's now time to sum up the day and listen to a story of a nurse who has done amazing things during the pandemic. But first, let's start with the news. Targeted Northern Territory lockdowns, updated COVID home care guidelines and Australia reopening to eligible visa holders. This is Nursing Australia News. Hello, I'm Mitch Wall. The remote communities of Binjari and Rockhole in the Northern Territory have been placed into hard lockdown as COVID cases popped up over the weekend. Nine cases have been reported in Binjari, which is near Catherine. It is expected the lockdowns will continue for two weeks. The RACGP has released new home care guidelines for patients with COVID-19. Guidance is given on supporting patients through their COVID-19 diagnosis, determining their medical and social risk factors and disease severity, also determining their home care suitability and the appropriate monitoring protocol and escalating their care when necessary. Find a link in the show notes of this episode to the updated guidelines. Fully vaccinated eligible visa holders, including skilled workers and international students, temporary working holiday makers and provisional family visa holders will be able to re-enter Australia from the 1st of December. From the same date, Australia will also welcome back fully vaccinated citizens from Japan and Korea. European countries facing rising COVID numbers are beginning to impose harsh restrictions again. Today in Austria, full lockdown begins and the government there have announced their full population must be vaccinated from the 1st of February. This comes after the vaccination rate in Austria has stalled once the country hit 60%. Are you a nurse working in primary healthcare and looking for the next step in your career? Or do you work in a hospital and curious about moving into a primary healthcare setting? Check out the APNA Nursing Jobs page, powered by Healthcare Link, where you can search jobs near you. Click the link in the show notes of this episode. Nurses across the country have really stepped up over the last 20 months, going above and beyond for their patients and the wider community. Today we hear about Leslie Salem, Australia's first Indigenous nurse practitioner. This segment of Nurses Doing Amazing Things is sponsored by Health Professionals Bank. My name is Leslie Salem. I'm an Aboriginal woman. I'm from the Wanarua Nation in the Hunter Valley. I'm a nurse and a nurse practitioner, and I've always loved my nursing. Karua is just north of Newcastle. The next spot along is Allworth, and that's where my grandmother was born. I had a lot of privilege growing up, but also there was a lot of hidden shame to who we were, which made it very hard. Until I was 12 years old, they were still taking Aboriginal children from their parents. So growing up, our family pretended to be Spanish. My nan used to collect Spanish artefacts. We had wineskins with matadors on them and the few odd words she'd say, but she was anything but Spanish. It was normal as a child growing up. You were either Indian or you were Spanish. Otherwise... You know, they would have been concerned that if they were seen as Aboriginal, you'd be taken away. 
people used to drive past dad and he had this big droopy like spanish mustache and they'd yell out you bloody wog and dad dad was the happiest wog in town <laughs> do you know what i mean because that was safe that was safe dad was an electrician in a coal mine and so all i wanted to do was be an electrician the same as dad i wanted to be an electrical engineer i thought well one step up from dad I uh, applied and got into electrical engineering everywhere. When we finished in the November, I thought I would love to make some money. And I was talking to my friend and she said, look, I'm going nursing. Just go and tell them you want to be a nurse, get a job nursing and just resign when university starts in March the next year. So I went and saw Matron and I started the next day. And the first week in my nursing, it was unbelievable. The first day, a lady died, but it was an anticipated and lovely death. The second day, we had a cardiac arrest in the corridor and we resuscitated the man. And then a few days later, there was a horn blaring and I got outside. The man was indicating the back door as he was getting out, opened the door and a lady had a baby right there on the back seat. And I went home to mum and dad and said, I'm sorry, this is the most exciting profession on the planet of the earth. This is for me. I always had roles that worked in an advanced level. So I was working in the renal unit when I went to Newcastle to get more training. And that started me with the movement where we wanted to work towards having nurse practitioners. I helped with the movement for that. And I became the 13th nurse practitioner in Australia and the first Indigenous nurse practitioner. When I first started work, I started work up at Karua and I'd been working as a nurse practitioner for eight years. Dad got quite upset because a lot of young ones we knew from Karua were going on to dialysis. So I ended up walking away from the tertiary referral hospitals. I wanted to be completely upstream of chronic disease where it first happened. That's when I started working in primary health with Aboriginal medical services. So I fly in, fly out to Doomadgee in far northwest Queensland. I've been up there for four years. To get to Doomadgee, it's leaving your world you know. I get on a plane and arrive in Brisbane. Then I go to Mount Isa and then the next day we get on the small plains. If it's the wet season, we see the river running. This one strip of water through a big orange landscape. There are wild horses everywhere and lots of wallabies and things like that. They had never had a primary health service in Doomadgee. The life expectancy was around 49 and I don't think it's improved a lot. The worst rheumatic heart in the world. And it starts with our babies and our young children having sores. The infection from the sores that goes to their heart valves and gives them heart failure. And so... It's not as simple as going, oh, you could have a little bit of renal failure and I'll treat that. It's actually producing well mums having well children because at the moment we have malnourished, iron deficient mums having children. We have babies who have got sores and scabies by the time they're three months old. And then we have well-established rheumatic heart disease then in all of our kids. So primary health surprised me. It was not just go out and find somebody with high blood pressure and treat them. It's actually treating from zero up. COVID really hasn't hit 
up in far northwest Queensland. So there's been a perception that it's a white man's disease. A lot of the statistics have not been broken down into racial groups or anything else, which has made it very hard. What also makes it hard is the government have excluded all nurse practitioners from giving the COVID immunisation. So the most highly clinically trained nurses in Australia are not allowed to give the injection. They have to actually send teams in to give the vaccination. So the teams are not known by the locals. People are just not as trusting. To all the urban nurses, you are saving all of us in the rural areas and you're taking the brunt of it all, so thank you. The hardest thing about working very remote is loneliness, but the negatives are so little compared to the the positives. Like when I first got up there, we would have to give injections of antibiotic. The sores were so bad. And now four years later, we'll see kids with just a couple of sores and we can give them oral antibiotics or dressings to, to have people ignoring their health totally to now looking at all these kids growing up, they'll pop into the clinic and say, oh, miss, I got one of them sores. And the amount of people now who will stick to their medications and are seeing benefits from it. Another trust is being told of all of the traditional medicines that they use so that you can incorporate them into their treatment. That's trust. So we've potentially turned around a whole generation into health seekers who don't come to you when everything has gone completely wrong, who come to you when something's starting to go wrong. I am so proud to call myself a nurse. I think we're the true healers in this country. I believe nursing is the healing profession. Health Professionals Bank is proud to support Nursing Australia Week and celebrate the enormous contribution nurses make to the health and wellbeing of all Australians. At Health Professionals Bank, we're here to serve those who give so much in the service of others to make sure your financial needs are being looked after while you look after others. To find out more about the ways Health Professionals Bank can help nurses achieve financial wellbeing, go to www.hpbank.com.au or click the link in the show notes of this episode. Welcome back. Today we've been asking you to share your best nursing jokes and we have been overwhelmed with entries. There are some great ones in there. You did make us laugh. Here are a few that gave us an extra giggle. Kel says, never upset a paediatric nurse. They have little patience, <laughs> like short people. Uh, what is it called when a hospital runs out of maternity nurses? A midwife crisis, of course. Hmm. I think I'm having one of them. Why does the infectious diseases ward at hospital have the greatest Wi-Fi? Because it has all the hotspots. Leanne sent that one in. But the best one submitted today goes to Nurse Ben from Victoria. Double points for being COVID-related. He sent in, Today, I got my COVID vaccine, but the nurse put it in the top of my leg. I can tell you my fires are killing me now. <laughs> it does hurt a little bit after a vaccine, and we all know we're telling Ben to go back and get a new one in his deltoid because that's where it's supposed to go. But it's funny. Good one, Ben. You will get the $500 gift voucher today and a copy of Georgie Carroll's book. It's been one magnificent Monday. Thanks so much to our special guest, Georgie Carroll, Nick Scott from the Bernard Institute, the amazing nurse Leslie Salem for sharing your story, my co-host Matt Sitt-Ledger, a true legend, and our very patient producer, Leith Alexander. That's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
Join us tomorrow to find out about the COVID-19 Evidence-Based Task Force, more inspiring nurse stories, and of course, more laughs from Georgie Carroll and the two humorous nurses. Next up, a song about nurses. It's called You Didn't Have To. It's by American-British duo Brian and Gray. See you tomorrow. Here's to the ones that don't ever take credit. Here's to the ones that won't admit it. I hope you know we're all thanking God for you. And here's to the ones on call all night. Don't think twice about the sacrifice. Here's to the extra mile that you take it to. Yeah, here's to the frontline warriors to being brave for all of us. You didn't have to make him laugh or hold her hand like that. You didn't have to love, but you did just to make them all feel better, yeah. You didn't have to pray all night. You didn't have to risk your life. If everybody loved like you did, the world would be a whole lot better. You didn't have to. listening to Nursing Australia Week, a week just for you. For more information, visit APNA at www.apna.asn.au.